Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. This is episode 42. Um, I had a great time uh, interviewing Eric Escobar. He's a very funny guy. Um, he has some cool credits. I've seen him around uh, the Seattle uh, comedy scene a lot. And uh, a lot of my friends are friends with him and he's a really great guy. Uh, we talk about getting booked consistently uh, in your career as a stand-up comedian. We also talk about your stand-up comedy strategy. So, what is it that makes you successful as a stand-up comic? And the NACA showcase. Do you want to do colleges? What that process is like? And how to do that and make money. So, without further ado, please enjoy. Alright, okay guys. Hey, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. I'm here with Eric Escobar. Eric has been featured in BuzzFeed videos and Last Comic Standing. Uh, he just handed me a, a resume with his headshot on it and all the clubs that he's performed at and his TV appearances. It's a three-line resume for those of you listening. It's just yeah, uh, it's just three it's just, lines. Yeah, it's just my name actually. There's nothing else on there. You're actually in a lot of um, festivals, which is really cool. Yeah, but on my resume, I feel it's kind of deceiving because when I send it out to people, they'll have the same reaction, like, "Oh, you've done a lot of like festival stuff." But I'm like, "Yeah, that's over the course of like, geez, it's Since like seven years now." Yeah, so 2012 kind of to 2016, you did a lot, and then you just stopped doing festivals. Yeah, like. and I was like, "I'm gonna <laughs> book different work." Whoa, <laughs> festivals are expensive, man. Like between the submission fee, and, and then like, you have to like pay for yourself while you're there, right? Yeah, and it's for sure an investment. Like I think really good festivals, if you do them, it'll lead to great work. Not just like where it is, but like you'll meet comics from like everywhere else. So you can like get more work that way. Uh huh. But you know, before you book that work, you have to spend fifty bucks on a submission fee, and then two hundred to like put you up. And oh yeah, you have to pay for your own room and board too, and everything. But some of them, some fests are. Definitely, like, we'll hook you up. So have you ever been in one of the, like, in a festival where they actually just hook you up with total room and board and everything? Yeah, but it, it kind of sucks because there were a few fests that were going for, I don't know, a few years back, and they stopped. And a lot of those, it was interesting because, you know, you would do one year, and then the next year they would be like, you know what, submit again, we like you. And then you do it again, and then they're like, you know what, we'll hook you up with room and board this time, or, you know, some extra meals. So only some people get room and board? It's, like, exclusive? Sometimes, yeah. It's really weird. I don't ask questions. You know what Whoa. I mean? Like, you want to hook it up with a room? Thank you. I know he's not getting hooked up with a room, but I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. Do you get a lot of exposure from the festivals? Like, do you feel like there are that the ones you've done were really helpful for your career? I do. I feel like, like there used to be this fest called Idaho Laugh Fest in Boise. And it was great because I work the Northwest a lot. I'm in Seattle all the time, in Spokane a lot, and Bend a lot, and just a lot of Oregon, Washington. So doing um, Idaho Laugh Fest for a couple of years was amazing because I just met people there and met clubs there that just basically added the the network and the amount of shows that I could do while I'm up there. And then it's cool because you'll have comics fly out from the East Coast, from the Midwest, from the South to do this big festival. So even if maybe, you know, we might not work together soon, three, four years down the line, it's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, you're in LA? Cool, I can hook you up. You know what? I'm going to be in Denver. Do you know anything? And then you just kind of gain that network and gain that friend base. And it was those... like great networking to meet out-of-town people. Yeah. Out-of-town comics. It's never going to hurt you unless you're like really poor and you can't afford it. Do you feel like you ever get, um, like, did you build any like fans from those or like meet industry? Or do you th feel like the bigger benefit was the network of comedians? 
I definitely think the biggest network is the or the biggest benefit is the network of comedians because as you know as poor as I've been and as much as I've like struggled to be like how am I going to get to this fest am I going to afford it who am I going to crash with am I going to sleep on a couch am I going to sleep in my car like how's it going to work at the end of the day like I don't think I've ever done a festival where if I look at it kind of like long term and I look at like the work I've gotten from it three four years down the line it hasn't repaid itself yeah better um, I think the clubs are a big deal. Like it's great to, it's a great excuse to get in front of a club. I think if there's industry, it's a great excuse to get in front of that industry. But um, I don't know, you know, you know how it is. Like your yeah. strongest support system in comedy isn't going to be, you know, necessarily like a manager or an agent or even a club. It's going to be, you know, like that headliner being like, I saw you want a feature for me for a while. Yeah. Or another comic being like, hey, I know you're passing through salt lake and i run like a room where you can get 40 bucks and have a place over your head for the night you know what i mean yeah so um i definitely like value that the most into like personally yeah (laughs) for other people they might be like that is valuable having that like network of friends yeah anywhere you go and it's great because you know us being in la everyone's trying to get to la to work clubs you know maybe go to auditions or take an improv thing yeah so it's cool when out-of-towners come here and you can hook them up and then when you're on the road you i don't know there's just like a nice like flow to it all yeah just like helping each other out that's really nice even though we're all like dicks yeah I know. <laughs> i'm just like a dick whoa your laugh maxed out the levels oh no no that's fine though all right wait. you have the best laugh thank wow. you so do you look <laughs> at just that like hear that oh man whoa. also glorious i hope the uh, the listeners should be okay <laughs> um but that, that's awesome man uh so did you start out in the pacific northwest is that why you have such strong ties there no, I started, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, oh. which is so weird because no one from here is from here. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone the one. from here has like moved out. They've gone to like Chicago or New York or something. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was born and raised in LA, started uh, doing improv in like high school, college, um, right after I graduated. Well, I would say like my senior year uh, when I was about to graduate from my undergrad, I started doing stand up a lot. And I kind of just grew and grew and grew and grew until I'm the person I am today. And through that, I've just sort of weirdly submitted a lot. And I had family in the Northwest, so I would, like, go to Seattle and be like, well, I'm here, let me do a guest set, or let me try this mic. And um, I love the Northwest comedy community. You know, both Portland, Seattle, Spokane, Boise, like, they're all, they're just, like, good people. And there's yeah. a lot of funny comics up there. So I just find myself being there a lot because so you I just go up it. there, they, like, do you go up there ever for fun to just do shows, or do you usually get booked and then you fly up there? Uh, like, I probably have this experience. I don't think we do anything for fun. <laughs> yeah, no, if we're no. somewhere and we want to do something for fun, You're it's like we can go to Disneyland or yeah, there's yeah, a mic true. with three people uh, oh, two yeah. hours away. Let's do that instead of the zoo or this bar. <laughs> yeah. So you're going up for because uh, you got booked by Pat Wilson. Yeah. That's awesome. Super great. I really appreciate Pat. She, um, I think I've worked with her a few times and she does a lot of casino stuff, a lot of stuff yeah, in the Northwest. Yeah, she runs like the Pacific Northwest booking, right? Pretty much. That's what I hear. Yeah. There's a few like bookers. Like who, the like, Kingpins. Yeah, like Tribble. I don't know as much anymore if he's still booking the amount of rooms he used to, but he has like a nice little run, you know, up there. And then Pat Wilson has a little run. And, you know, there's so many, like LA kind of sucks because it's really hard to get paid in Los Angeles because there's so many comics. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to be like, here's $10 for a show. And you're like, could I get 15 there's 20 other, 30 other, 50 other people who are like, oh, we'll do it for free and yeah. we'll and they're bring our girlfriend and have been friends. on TV. Exactly. So getting paid out here is a little weird. I found the Northwest is really beautiful because you can drive four hours to Spokane 
and there's some gigs. You drove two hours to Tacoma or Portland, and there's work. They'll like, actually pay because no one is there. Yeah, exactly. Everything's just a little more close. We're in LA. If you want to get paid work, you're driving to Vegas. You're maybe driving to the Bay, or you're <laughs> driving to Portland. You know? Yeah, what I mean? that's so true. Yeah, it's there's not really when, paid uh, opportunities here for like a regular. Like a uh, working comedian who's like maybe a road comic or like a feature headliner. It really is a showcase town. Like you come here to showcase, so hopefully you can get your late night thing. Maybe you can get in a writer's room. Maybe you can get, you know, a manager, an agent. But very few people in L.A. are unfortunately getting paid, which I think is kind of getting a little better just because comics are the ones who are producing a lot of shows and yeah. they see it. So, you know, even if it's not a ton of money, like a lot of people are fighting the good fight and they're like, yo, we made 80 bucks in tips. Let's put that amongst everyone. Or yeah. I at least got a little bit of a budget from the bar or they gave us some drink tickets. So I don't know. I'm very pro just making sure not just comics, but all artists feel like valued. Yeah. And they're not just doing it for free or they have to like bring people in order to reform. Yeah, you know, exactly. Pay for like, it. like that their no. work's actually appreciated. Yeah. Sorry, we can't give you more, but we can at least give you something which shows that there's, you know, there's a respect there, which is growing month by month i feel mm -hmm. in this town that's cool yeah it is interesting how everyone is i mean the real money here is people write um like for tv i guess yeah. or like commercial services com commercials pay money um if you're a, a movie star if you're <laughs> in the movies or the tv shows i mean yeah it seems like that's what's people are making money doing not like stand-up because even the biggest clubs you're not going to really get paid here i think some of the bigger clubs in la are still paying like you know like 17 bucks a set or something yeah, <laughs> and it's like, even like headliners geez, like, like and whoever Mark lordy Marin lord like they <laughs> that's not even gonna cover an uber you know I what know. i mean like the uber on. that it took to get there or whatever yeah. you can take a one ride there and then you take a bus back after your set bombs it's insane so how do that i guess people where do comedians make money? The road? Mm -hmm. And then if you have a big enough fan base and you can sell out a, a club or a stadium because you're so famous. Yeah. I think a lot and of like, comics... love it as funny. Like, what's interesting is in a lot of... Like, I would say, let's just take a random part of the country, like the Midwest. You got people there who are full-time comics working the road, but their cost of living is a little lower. You know what I mean? Like, maybe there's a lot more work around them. So it's doable to just do the road here. Even some of the really hustling great comics out in L.A., like, they still got their part-time job. They still got their day job. You know, they're driving for, like, Lyft or Uber on the side. Like, when I go on the road, it's not just stand-up. Like, I'll try to teach an improv workshop at a high school for yeah. an extra hundred bucks. Or I'll try to, you know, do a college Q&A or a college talk back. If, even if it's not stand-up, it's, like, a careers and entertainment thing. Um, like, you really have to get creative in this town to make this sustainable. Yeah, that's so interesting. How so? You work at a second job as well, right? Currently or no? Sort of. I uh, I work with a nonprofit, sort of on and off, where I teach uh, improv and theater and comedy to um, basically like incarcerated youth. So I work at a lot of the detention oh, centers, wow. a lot of the juvenile halls in the area, and it's a great job. I love it. They're called the Unusual Suspects Theater Company. Look them up, support them, donate. That's so cool. Um, but you know that is very much part time, and it's almost kind of like almost seasonal. You know what I mean? So it's great because it'll allow me to go on the road for like three months and then I can come back and be like, is there any workshops available? Great. Wait, so what do you do? In. That actually sounds really cool. So you teach workshops to like, um, like at risk youth. Yeah. So there's kind of two populations we work with those who are incarcerated. So that's going to be, you know, your juvies and detention centers. And then you have your more like, um, 
I don't know, maybe schools and like more at-risk areas, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, where gang rates are really high. There's not a lot of after-school activities, so kids are, you know, starting to sling on the side or joining gangs because they have nothing to do and both parents are, or one parent is trying to work three jobs to support them. Yeah. So we go into those schools, we go into those centers, we do two types of workshops. One workshop is they write a play. So we have them write a play, then we'll bring in kind of bigger name celebrities to do a staged reading of it. Oh, wow. So it's like, oh, I wrote this and I saw that guy on TV and now he's reading it or, well, she's my favorite, you know, Instagram model or something. Yeah. <laughs> she's reading it. And then our second 10 week workshop is we actually bring in lights, sound, wardrobe, a variety of, you know, random theatrical things and we actually produce it for them. Do they like to do that? Or are they like resistant to it? They're like, what the fuck is this crap? Every every site's different just because some sites the kids are itching to do something because they're so bored because they're just sitting in, you know, their rooms or in, you know, the dorms all day and they have nothing to do. Other sites, it's like, oh, I'm going because I get community service hours or I'm going because this will look good because I have court in a month and my judge will see that I'm, you know, giving back to my community. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing that since I was in, since I was 18. I started as an intern when I was 18. I'm 28 now, so like approaching 10 years. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great part-time job and kind of juggling with stand-up has been really, really fun because, you know, they've given me that time to be like, oh, you're going to go on the road for a while. Totally fine. Great. Let's do it. Come back in, teach a 10 week workshop, go back on the road. Or if it's like a Tuesday, Thursday workshop, it's been crazy. Like I've had months where it's like... This doesn't happen all the time, but like really good months when it's been like teach an improv workshop Tuesday, go up Wednesday, host a mic Thursday, teach, do a couple shows, do a couple mics. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I get to fly out and like feature somewhere, <laughs> MC wow. somewhere, fly back Monday and then just repeat that whole cycle because it's like grind. during the week, which is beautiful. Wow. So um, most times are you, so it seems like when you do work uh, another job, it's not every day. It's like couple days a week yeah it's still pretty pretty limited nice and i don't know i think when you like approach comedy you're like oh are you like full-time like even if they say yes it's 99 percent of the time like stand-up isn't the full time like they may make a lot of money as an actor you know what i mean oh you like, mean uh, are you a full-time comic exactly That's what you're saying okay or like they might make some extra money like as a producer maybe they produce something or they're a writer and um i'm really fortunate to i don't know be able to like do so much comedy and still have you know this wonderful like side job where i'm like giving back it's still in my field you know i can do a stand-up workshop with the kids you know i can show the kids how to write jokes i can do improv with them so it's a good gig cool gig it's a really good gig um i'm still broke though so (laughs) is it um for getting that gig is it a hard uh to be a part of that to participate sort of we um I think there is like a pretty strong vetting process. You know what I mean? Like obviously if you have anything on your record that like they don't want you working with kids who are incarcerated, yeah, like, yeah. it'd just be weird. But um, overall, like, I don't know. I think a lot of it is just like, is your heart in the right place? Do you have good intentions? Great. Like maybe volunteer for a while. If something opens up, maybe you can yeah, try to really like that. It's great because I think so many of the other like teaching artists I work with, they're all other artists. You know what I mean? Like some people are, amazing painters some people are amazing dancers some people are amazing actors but when work gets not steady and you know you have a really great three months on the road and then you're not sure what's booked for the next three months great you got a little yeah. backup backup gig to help me out that's cool yeah you know nathan nathan Mosher. yes yeah he would love that because he works with kids right now 
Word. I think a lot of comics work like as tutors or as instructors uh-huh. or it's cool because it's a nice part-time job that still allows you to you know even out the stand-up stuff um as long as you're not like too dirty and putting all that on like line <laughs> like yeah. definitely i feel like you know we don't try to give our last names or anything but kids will find you to look you up and they'll be like oh what's that joke you said about cooking math oh, and you're yeah, like uh don't that. worry i didn't cook any math um uh, yeah. you're, you're chilling little homie uh, i gotta math. privatize that uh tonight. yeah uh, let's play some Zip Zap Zop. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> misdirect, misdirect, misdirect. Do, wait, so do you still do improv now? Or mostly just stand-up? I haven't done it in a while. Um, you were you part of the on, improv space, right? Yeah, you used to be on... Four, you were on 400 Cat. I was on 400 Cat. They are a team. They were a great they're team. Friday night team or something? I think we were Fridays at the time. Before that, I was on He's Married. I was on a team over there called Bankroll. That was really fun. I love improv. Improv is where I started. And that kind of got me into stand-up. So it's a big part of, like, who I am and my development and how I came up. But it's weird. You almost have to choose to do one or the other. Like, if you're doing stand-up every night, like, it's impossible to take an improv class. Or yeah. it's impossible to be on a weekly team. So um, I still teach it. Like, uh, I teach at University of Portland. I do improv workshops there. So I'm be going there in, like, a week and a half. Um, I'm doing another one with Portland State University. Oh, so nice. I still teach improv and do improv workshops. But actually, like, being on a team... It's a part of my life I wish I <laughs> had again. Yeah. But it is what it is. Because you're really focusing on the stand-up grind. Yeah, uh, and the stand-up grind is just, it, it really is more profitable. You know what I mean? Like, if you do yeah. a couple shows, you're not making a ton, but you're making money. With improv, a lot of it's, you know, you don't really see the you're money. You're never going to make money just doing improv. Yeah, unless I mean, you're like unless a coach. A mate, or, or uh, you have yeah, amazing, money. like, Or you're amazing and, and can, like, or if you're, like, somehow... I don't really know anyone who does this besides like Ask Cat, where you're just like known enough and funny mm-hmm. enough to like actually just sell tickets to a show. Yeah, and even there, you know, booking their like TV work and stuff on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah, of like course. the fifty dollars you get from <laughs> yeah. your cut of the door to improv show yeah. is still not as sustainable as you know that fifty grand commercial you booked a month ago. I think I do know that um, there's a lot of potential though. And for producing shows where you really produce the entire show and rent out the venue. Yeah. Which is because then you don't get the door deal. Then you just make, you know, if you sell tickets, you can make like a thousand bucks or something or whatever. Which is a really fun, but like scary part of stand up. Like, if you want to produce a show, like, you might be out 500 bucks before the show even starts, but you might make a grand and, you know, you're up a 500 bucks, you know, after like paying everyone out and stuff. And, yeah. But, geez Louise, like, I, I used to do shows a while back, and it was just, it's such a headache, and worrying about that room, filling that room in a in a just fair way <laughs> is really tough, where you're what not you tricking. Mean? Well, I mean, you know, you don't want to, like, trick people into coming, you know what I mean? You don't want to, like, um, one, you want to put together, like, a quality show, and a lot of the shows, especially out here, you know, where it's like, oh, let me book you on a show, but you have to bring out 10, 15 people. Oh, yeah. The only sucks. people that can do that are people who are new. Because they haven't burnt out their friends yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure, there there are very, you know, vet comics who can maybe pull some numbers and stuff. But overall, you know, you're getting people who are three months in. They're not polished. They don't get it exactly just yet. They're the only ones who can pull numbers. So you give all those people, like, oh, three no. minutes each, and it's 20 people. And none of those audience members are going to come back to a comedy show. Because they're yeah. like, I just watched a bunch of newbies. It's, like, like not sustainable. Eat it. Yeah. And it's weird because it's such an easy way to get people in, but you want to put together a quality show and you want them to come back. Yeah. So it's tough to be like, how can I get these 
random like it is hard facebook ads flyerings canvassings putting up posters like morgan jay just recently was doing his um like musical hour do you know morgan jay i don't know morgan he's like jay. a comic who does like music and stuff that's dope. but he, he also he pointed me in the direction of the baroque uh theater in because you're producing a show there soon right yeah that's dope the so, tech show yeah nice. the tech roast show but he he was able to sell out um and I think he did, I don't know, $10, $20 tickets. Nice. Which is pretty good. It's like a 99-seat theater. So if you could do stuff like that. You just got to be creative. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. I think people think there's like, a lot of comics think there's like a certain way, or not a lot of comics, but a lot of people think there's a certain way to like do things. Yeah. And it's like, that may have worked for other people, <laughs> but like, do, do what you feel is best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I have to. MC at a club and then I can feature and then I can headline, but it's not as clear cut as that. Yeah, there's just you know so I mean? many routes and producing options. a show. It's like, oh, I have to ask people to bring people or I have to flyer it up. It's like, yeah, but if you come up with a cool like viral video or if you think of like something funky that'll get people to have their eyes on you, like do something creative, do something fun. Like you can reinvent that wheel. Yeah, that's so true. I always think about that. I'm <clears throat> I'm always struggling to figure out like how to focus on getting better and I don't want to like sink into the trap of doing open mics aimlessly every night. Yeah. Like mad respect to those who grind like that, but Ooh, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hustle of a journey. So, um, I want to go back to the Pat Wilson thing. That's pretty yeah. cool that you're doing that in the Northwest. Cause mm -hmm. she's a big booker. How did you, um, like meet her and stuff? Like how did that all happen? Did you just see your work? I think so? I just, like blindly submitted um i don't know every week i feel like i'll try to hit at least maybe like 30 or 40 emails um like new emails not following up but like new emails of like reaching out to clubs reaching out to bars to like get work and i think she was just one of those emails i followed up heard nothing followed up heard nothing submitted again heard nothing and i think this went on for like a year two years really and i got no responses and then out of nowhere she'd be back up and she's like hey um I like the new video you sent. Uh, it's pretty funny. So can you do this weekend? And I'm like, yes, Whoa. great. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And then I was like, just a, just a question. Like, can I get some feedback? Why well, I haven't heard from you in like two years. <laughs> like what could I have done better? Or how could I submit differently? It's where you'd want, you know, maybe other bookers might want to book me more. And she's like, yeah, I just didn't like your shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I don't think she even watched the video. She was like, uh, he doesn't look professional enough. <laughs> like he's not wearing like a like a button up, or maybe he was wearing like shorts or jeans or something in the video, in like an old submission video. She's like, yeah, I just didn't watch it. And I think that's really common with not just her, but a ton of bookers. I like, didn't like your shirt. If you that's amazing. Don't look professional. If you don't look like you know you're showing what are you up to the to job. Look like? I think she wanted like a button up shirt and like nice pants. And I think the submission I video I sent to her, I was wearing like a t shirt and jeans. Oh. Um, so you shouldn't dress like that. On a club, at a club, I feel. I don't even know that. I don't know. It's you have to dress snazzy. Yeah, it's like it's a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously, like if you dress, dress up well. in a t-shirt and jeans, and someone else dresses up in like a suit and tie, who's gonna get promoted? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you look at it that I way. I didn't even know what the the dress code was at the club. I just thought no shorts. This isn't with Pat. It was with another. It was another unnamed club, but I remember. Sending a video to them, didn't hear anything, and it was also like a year, a couple of years before they hit me back up. And I was same thing, like, could I get some feedback on why, you know, you weren't answering or whatever? And I'm like, oh yeah, we just like didn't like the club that you were performing at 
that you sent the video of. That was a weird sentence. But you know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't like, like the Like, my video was at a club, and they are like, yeah, we just don't watch videos of people who submit from that club. And I was like, what? Like, it was a good set. And it would, like, it showed, like, a lot of a jokes with some crowd work. It was it was a great. Why video. are they weird? Why are they doing what? I think because that specific club, um, that specific club, you can buy videos, like from, like oh, can, so they're yeah. like uh, so I think anything. so many people have videos from that club, and a lot of those people I think are like newish. So the club now has a rep of being a little more like. You know what I mean? Like, what club is it? Are you on? I, uh, I don't want to say it over yeah. here because as yeah, much yeah, as yeah. I still want to get booked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I remember but like it's when, just I so first, weird. Like, when I first started dress code, out. Between the what's on the wall, uh, I just won't watch your when video. When I first started out, I would, I like did Gotham because I took a comedy class there. Yeah, Gotham's Gotham great. Comedy Club. So I have a funny. I just have a video performing there, uh-huh. and it's so fake because it's like, well, I would never be invited to perform there at that yeah. time. I was just like. 18 and I took a comedy class and I bombed horrendously but it's like oh look, there's a video of me at Gotham first starting out uh, New York is a weird place as an LA person to do stand up because there's definitely like a tone out there and there's like a vibe and I feel like if you're not like passionate or ranty and you're just like going up there and just like reciting jokes sorry you know what I mean like New York is its own beast like mad respect to everyone working out there because like that is a hard place to really, you know, yeah. sharpen your They're teeth. They're very passionate. I have a Gotham story. I'm angry. Gotham a couple of years back. And um, I think it was like the comic after me went up. And I was I had another set at a Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Have you been there? Yeah. Greenwich Village. It's called Greenwich Village Comedy Club? Or was it like it's one like of those things? Two doors like down the, from the cellar. The stand or it's, one of those things. Nah, it was definitely Greenwich Because I know the stand. This one was underground. Uh-huh. So it's underground. It's very tight, very small. Everyone's super cramped. And the green room, which isn't really a green room, is just a hallway that all the comics like face each other in. You're just like cramped in Whoa. this hallway. So, yeah, it's a cool club, but it's definitely not It's not a Gotham. You know what I mean? It's not like a top tier. So the guy who went on after me was up. I go to leave to do this other set at Greenwich Village, and I see Jerry Seinfeld in the uh, hallway. I'm what? like, oh, my God. So I went up to him, and I'm like, hey, man. Um, I just went up, just want to say thank you. You're like, you know, Seinfeld is really big for me. Like, your comedy is really big for me. Oh, like, God. thanks, dude. He's like, oh, great. Okay. Um, appreciate it. Uh, excuse me. And he says, excuse me. I don't know how he timed this. He goes from an excuse me straight through the door, straight on stage. And I was like, ah. He goes on for like five minutes, doesn't say a word, just standing there, standing ovation, huge applause break. He's not even saying jokes. Yeah. People are just like relishing in Seinfeld. Wow. And I was just like, this is so crazy. This is so awesome. And um, Wow, that's so cool. I was like, I want to see Jerry Seinfeld do stand-up, but I also have this other set. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me go to the other set. So go to the other set, perform for like four people, bomb for like eight minutes, find out from another comic that Jerry and all the other comics like hung out that night. So I missed... Hanging out with some like one on one FaceTime with Jerry Seinfeld after we did a show together to do like what? eight minutes for a couple people who just like were not happy. <laughs> no. Oh my god. And that was that was New York, man. Right. It was a great it was a great I'm time. I'm actually in pain. <laughs> wow. I feel right. like I've done stuff like that too. Do you feel how long were you in New York? Oh, I mean just my family's just from the East Coast, so oh, I'll occasionally Oh, because you have a Connecticut go. number. Yeah, my phone. number's Connecticut. So. You ever do uh, Hartford? <clears throat> oh, um, I think I did like Joker's Wild or something. Word, yeah. 
but I did a mic there. I didn't really do it. For um, sure. I was like 20, or okay. 19 or something. But uh, why did you do a, like a feature there or something? I think I was there. I think it was just like passing through. I just did a guest set. They have a comedy club in a mall. I think it's the Funny Bone. And it's a super oh. cool club. But I remember like, I think I got like an Uber there or like a Lyft there. And I had them drive around for like five minutes. I also was like, the club is supposed to be here. Thinking the club would be like big, but it's like inside the mall. <laughs> wow. And I felt bad. And I walked in and it was a great time. It was a beautiful club. But uh, I love Connecticut. It's got good pizza. Mark Twain's from there. Yeah. Sam McClennan's. Yeah. Tour of his house. It's a beautiful wow. house. Nice. That's awesome. WWE's yeah, out school. there. Oh, yeah, there is. It's close. It's, yeah. um... it's in Greenwich. Is it in Greenwich? I think the WWE is based in Greenwich. Titan ah. Towers. I'm a big wrestling fan. So I'm like, what's Connecticut known for? Oh, that's yeah. where Vince McMahon lives. That's where right? I'm from. from Greenwich. <laughs> yeah. It's that's cool because cool. all that stuff is like pretty central. Kind of like the Northwest. You know what I mean? You can like drive an hour and like be at another club. Oh, yeah. here, it's like, ooh. Can, yeah, where I live, I'm like an hour, probably an hour and a half from Hartford and then like 45 minutes from New York City. That's so dope. Yeah, That's so, so when cool. I go home, it's convenient location. And it's a different vibe every, like, neighborhood and city. Where yeah. out here, L.A. is kind of just like, L.A., a little more different, a little more the same, but it's all L.A. <laughs> I know. Wait, I kind of want to go back now. Go to, you should. You know, especially now, it's so it's getting so nice out and pretty. Um, it's still cold, though. It's like 40 degrees, I think, there. I'm going to May. If you want to come with, we you can are? split a bed wow. and cuddle. It'll be great. When are you going? Uh, I'm gonna be at End the or beginning? DC Comedy Law from the 23rd to the 25th of May. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Come on out if you're in DC. Come on out. And um, after that, uh, I'm just trying to book a bunch of one-nighters, uh, mostly like Boston, Hartford, New Haven. Yeah. Um, trying to get to Pittsburgh. Uh, hey, if you're in Pittsburgh and you want me to come through, book me. Um, yeah. And then there's this comic named Alex Davenport who I came up with. Really, really good guy. Very, very funny. And he's in New York, so I'm probably just gonna go up there and just crash with him for a week and see what I can like wrestle up. Oh, uh, so as, like, fun! Shows. It'll be nice then too. Yeah, that's a great time to go. Yeah. So are you? You're also okay. Wait. So yeah, I'm going back. Were you? Um, no, we're Pat Wilson. Pat Wilson. Yeah, that was what we were talking about. <laughs> I was just like, that. <laughs> so you just How cold email. So do you usually just cold email and send your submission? Uh, my typical process is I'll send an email where it's like, "Hey, name of person at club." exclamation point. Um, my name is Eric Escobar. I'm coming from LA trying to get booked as a feature as a headliner on these dates. Um, here's a bio, a clip and a resume and headshots. Nice. So I'll usually send that for my intro. Um, and then from there, uh, a lot of clubs don't want you to call them cause I think they get just like overrun with calls. Yeah. So I'll just like maybe email a month after I'll mm-hmm. probably like follow up like once a month alternating from like, Here's a full submission and just a follow-up email, then another full submission, and then a follow-up email, then another full submission, then a follow-up email. Um, yeah, and then just do that for a year or two until they kind of come around to getting me. Because I think they're still, you're still on their radar. They're just, like, busy, and there's a list. Yeah, I'm so sure as long there's as just, so like, raising many your hand people, keep, like... Yeah, some clubs have, it's taken me years to get booked there, and they'll book me 18 months out. Like, I've shows in 2020 booked. And it's weird because I don't really? have wow. the end of my 2019 books. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just the way the bookings work and kind of the list goes and who likes you. Like, it's weird. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me is, like, I want to start doing all these things with, like, reaching out to people. But then I'm like, oh, but I should probably make sure I have, like, a solid, solid 20 minutes first. 
I think, before I'm doing that. I think a lot of people are afraid because they're not going to be ready yet. I'm going to burp really quick. Ooh, good burp. That was the quietest burp. I just, oh, wait, microphone. Shh, it was sound. like a sweet little Phantom whisper. A sweet little guy. No, I'm not. Anyways, uh, I feel like a lot of... Um, I was like this for sure, where you feel like you're not ready yet, so you don't want to submit. But I feel I wasn't ready when I started doing a lot of road work. And you kind of, it's kind of like trial by fire. Like, you'll figure it out. Like, you may not feel confident in your 20 minutes, but I've never felt confident in my 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I've never felt confident in my five. Like, yeah. it can always be better. It can always, I can always kill harder. I can always do better. So it's one of those things where you just kind of got to, Here's my email. Yeah, I know. Costuming is for the best. How do you know when you had the right tape to submit? Because um, I'm scared to also submit to everyone and be like, oh, that tape actually was bad. I think I think I was really confident after I did uh, Comedy Time. You know what Comedy Time is? I don't know if they're no. still going. I hope they're still going. They were this, I think they were on like PlayStation Network and a bunch of like, I don't know, like smaller distribution sites where it was just like stand-up comedy. And they filmed at the Ice House a few years uh-huh. back. So, um as soon as I had like a like a real club set, and you know what I mean, it wasn't at like a coffee shop, it wasn't a little black box theater, it was like at a club. I felt secure enough in putting that out there. Yeah. Um, at least something bigger than just locally. You know what I mean. And then um, shortly after that, uh, I don't know. I think I just my thing is I always want it to be like either at a club or in a theater, like a bigger theater. Like I have a couple like big theater tapes, not many. But as long as it shows that I'm, like, legit and I'm not just, like, in the back of a coffee shop with a mic not working, I feel confident in it. Yeah, that's awesome. I also hate watching videos of myself. I hate watching yeah, myself do stand-up. It's painful So it's it's very painful. Me. Like, even if you know you killed, to, like, watch a video. Because you'll, like, you'll find the one tag that didn't get as big of a laugh as you hoped. And that'll ruin the whole 10 I minutes. I know. You know what I mean? Like, focusing on it. Oh, that could have been great. But No. Good job, Eric. And then I feel like I always do really well when I don't record. For the um, the multitude of festivals that you got into, did you have one video that you just sent to like all of them or you like did really well? I think give or take, yeah. There was like one thing. Like 2012, 2013, I feel like I try to get a new video every year. Uh-huh. I'm trying to do something, you know, from like two years ago. Even if like I have a great video from something like 2016 and it sucks because I want to submit that everywhere. But it's it, it's old it's kind of a different set that I'm doing now and I'm like skinnier. So like, you're going to, it's like, I feel like I'm not delivering. You're skinnier there or now? I'm skinnier there. So I feel like I can't deliver on what they're seeing in the yeah, video. I'm like, you're like going to catfish them. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. <laughs> but, uh, that's interesting. But yeah. I don't know. We, we all hear no a lot and I feel like a lot of people are afraid to hear no, but it's like, no, you're going to hear no a billion times. Like just submit. And if they don't like you, and they're like, resubmit in two years. Put that date in your calendar and resubmit, resubmit two years on the dot. And just be like, hey, just following up. Nice. Do you have a, do you have a strategy um, in your approach to comedy? Like, it seems like you had kind of like a system where you'd be like, okay, I'm going to email this pe- mm-hmm. uh, these people on these dates. Like, how do you structure your time and, like, make sense of it all? Because it is so um, open-ended. You can really do anything. How do, like, what's your system like? Totally. I feel like we all have, um, or like maybe not all of us, but I feel like I have like a lot of chunks on the same topics. So like, let's just say I can do 10 minutes on dating. Let's just say I can do like seven minutes on my family and I can do, you know, 12 minutes on like weird jobs that I've had. So I think when I like get all those like big chunks, that might be 
45 minutes. Maybe you can push to an hour. Not what I'm proud of, but I could push it to an hour with a lot of crowd work or with a lot of just like weird commenting on the room stuff. Um, so that's kind of how I view like my longer sets. For anything that's like 20 minutes or even like 10 minutes or 5 minutes, I feel like I'm doing that same hour. I'm just like cherry picking the A plus jokes section, yeah. out of each chunk. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which is weird because I feel like if I had a 10 minute set, I could just do, you know, 10 minutes on being like Mexipino. You know what I mean? Like I could just do that. But I don't know. I just feel more comfortable and I feel more <laughs> grounded when I can just do like the best minute from that, the best minute from, you know, food and the best minute from, I don't know, cheeses. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just yeah, picking yeah. the best like two, three jokes from each bigger, you know, chunk. Where are you mostly trying out new material at mics or shows or where? Uh, I'm really lucky. I run a mic in Gardena on Wednesdays at Brothers Bar and Grill. It's a great mic and it forces me to, I don't know, to always just like come up with new stuff. Um, even if I'm doing the same bit, but I'm trying to rework wording, like it's, you're going to be on stage, even though it's like a four hour commitment, you're probably going to be doing time at least like 20 minutes of that, 30 minutes of that between hosting and just doing stuff in between. Yeah. So that's like a fun opportunity to really work on stuff. Um, to be honest, I feel like I, every time I work a weekend where I'm like featuring, I gain like five minutes because you're doing so many shows in such a condensed amount of time, like two Friday, two Saturday, or even like one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, maybe even two Sunday. And it's so much time, I bet. It's even if it's only like 20 minutes, like you're doing it and then you're seeing the subtleties of what works or you're seeing the subtleties that they might like. So even though I might be doing roughly the same 20 minutes, it's definitely growing every time I go up and you get kind of, you know, you get a little ballsy. Like there might be a new joke where you kind of test the waters with it. First show, second show, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go full force. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to like bring out some new stuff that I think they'll like, you know, they really like this stuff. And I don't have too much on it, but let's do that three minutes on yeah. it. Yeah. It's like you're improving rapidly in yeah. a way. You're like speeding it up from just doing a mic. Cause you're doing 20 minutes back to back to back. Yeah. Cause in town, you know, with all these like three minute, five minute stage time opportunities, you know, as grateful as I am for them, you know, you really want to bring it for that three to five minutes. Yeah. If you have 20, four times in the course of two days, you can let it breathe. You know what I mean? You can try new things. You're not just trying to like impress them, get out of there. You're impressing them chilling and then getting out That's of there. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Cool strategy. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> So that's kind of how you pick your bits. Um, how do you like go through your day to day with like trying to get booked on things? Um, I try to send out like a minimum of like, I want to say like 10 ish emails a day. Um, I would say ideally if I can do like 30 to 40 emails a week of new clubs that I'm trying to reach out or new venues or new bars I'm trying to book stuff at, that's like, it's like a good week and I'm like on track and then I'm filling out everything else with just like follow-ups. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, emailed you a month ago. just wanted to see what was up. Um, so in terms of like booking and stuff, it's just kind of like making sure that every day you're sending at least, you know, that 10 out or you're following up with these people and just going with it. Interesting. So that's cool. Which so is hard because I feel more and more clubs are closing. Like there's really? a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of clubs on their own closing. I feel like not as people are doing comedy as much anymore. Um, really? people have like Netflix and stuff like 20 years oh, ago people aren't going to the show people aren't going out saying, like yeah. when it comes to just like movie theaters and even bands and stuff like people aren't just oh yeah let's see a comedy show tonight oh no let's order a pizza and like you yeah, know, exactly. kick it play video games 
So interesting. So it's weird because you really have to just get creative with like, oh, I have Friday, Saturday booked here and I have Tuesday booked here for this Sunday, Monday. There might not be a club, but let me hit up this bar or let me hit up this coffee shop or there's a college. Let me see if they're free. So just kind of like spreading your net as wide as possible. Yeah. I really want to do like NACA and stuff. It's just a big like money commitment. And I've heard horror stories of like people spending the money and not getting booked. Wait, but I've heard what, success stories how, how of people. How does it work? What do you mean money commitment? You have to um, pay to audition? I don't think you, I don't know if you have to pay to audition. I think you can like pay and get like a booth where you don't showcase or you can pay to like apply to showcase and they pick you. I don't know ex- the exact details. Like, the website <laughs> but i just know like it's one of those things where i don't want to pay you know like a couple hundred bucks to, like put myself up a couple hundred bucks for a flight a couple hundred bucks to get all my stuff out to you know northern plains or whatever i thought you had to get an agent that like suggests you or something you could just pay i've heard some unrep people go up there find success really yeah that's sick because like who's repped nowadays you know what I mean? I that's feel like great. I want to do no that. No one's repped. Or I'm people so that inspired. are repped are like, good for you. That's awesome. But like, before I feel like in order to make it, you had to be repped. Now it's like, you don't have to be repped in order to like, find your own work, be creative and make this sustainable. Whoa. I'm going to look that up. I want to do that right away. Mm-hmm. NACA. Why is my brother calling me? No. Not now. If he calls back again, then maybe I have to pick. No, you're chilling. You're good. I don't think so. Um, but, um, wow, that's so cool. There's so many opportunities. There's so much to do. Yeah. Do you, um, Is every day like pretty similar for you, or is it different? Um, when on the road, it's definitely very different. You know, some days you might be driving like 12 hours to get to your next thing. Some mm-hmm. days you're driving like half an hour. You know what I mean? Because it's local. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. When I'm in town, I just feel like I have to do something every day that can benefit like my career as a comic yeah just something towards comedy yeah. every single day anything it could be you know like just sending out emails that day or it could, yeah. you know just be like sending out facebook messages to you know people who like run shows locally um as long as like every action i as long as every day i'm taking like some significant action to where there is like growth or money mm-hmm. being made whether it be like very soon or in the future yeah that's like, so tangible cool. results is what I'm all about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's awesome. So what uh, things are you working on right now? Um, <laughs> I'm about to go on the road, so that'll be fun from, like, the from this Thursday. When does this come out? <laughs> um, this will probably come out uh, the beginning of next week or end of this week. Word. So I'll be on the road. Hey, I'm on the road right now. Check me out in the Northwest. Yeah, he's in the road. I'm calling in. What great audio. Thank you, AT&T. Um, yeah, I'm going to be in the Northwest a lot, uh, doing some stuff in Idaho, Washington, Oregon. Um, come back from that, and then I will be at Savage Henry Comedy Club, Comedy Oakland, the Blacktop Comedy, um, all at the beginning of May. So I'm going to be in like Northern California. And then end of May, I'm going to be um, East Coasting. So DC Comedy Loft is like my main thing out there, but I'll be definitely hitting up some other shows, other clubs. Nice. Um, so that's kind of like my next couple months. And then on top of that, like... I have a food vlog I do with this other great guy named Dre Magics. We eat a lot of Filipino food. Oh, that sounds so um, good. And we're actually uh, bringing that food vlog to uh, Three Sweet Productions, which is going to be a really cool production company. And through that, we're actually co-hosting another thing called Sunday Morning Sessions. So it's a Sunday morning version of like a late night talk show. <laughs> wow, that's cool. So, um, yeah, we're producing a lot of content. It's coming out. It has some BuzzFeed videos coming out. Okay. Um, I'm in a movie called uh, VHS. That's coming out pretty soon. 
It has a uh, Tom Lennon. Oh, nice. Which is, I got to be in a scene with Tom Lennon. That's like a dream come true for both me now and me when I was like in eighth grade. <laughs> like the so Reno 911 guy is yeah. next to me. Oh, boy, oh, boy. This is wild. That's so cool. Um, where can uh, the people find you? Uh, I like Instagram a lot. Um, at Eric Escobar, E R I K E S C O B A R. That's also my handle for Twitter, um, where you can look up tweets from like eight years ago because I haven't been on Twitter in a while. And they can destroy your career. And they can definitely destroy my career cool. with um, a bunch of horrible Microsoft Paint flyers from shows that I did when I was 21. It'll be great. Awesome. Um, and on top of that, yeah, uh, check out That's a Wrap. It's that food blog I was talking about. Great food blog. And I got a website. Uh, Eric Escobar comedy.com. Eric with a K. Eric with a K. I feel like everyone like forgets that it's with a K, which is fine by me, but it's like, I almost wish I like would have changed my name to something simpler. Cause there's two other Eric Escobars. There's an Eric Escobar. Who's like a, Oh, there's three others. One, there's an Eric Escobar who like died a few years back. Oh, wow. There's a bunch of RIP Eric Escobar things out there where people try to like find me. There's a Latin musician. who's like a great keyboardist. So I get tagged in a lot of like what? videos of this guy playing keyboard that's where it's like, funny. check out at Eric Escobar. I'm like, please do, but that's not me. And I can't read yeah. Spanish. And then the last Eric Escobar was a, it's like a wrestling fan. He was a wrestler in like oh, the I early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. He's cool. Eh, he's okay. He was FCW champion, but nothing notable. Okay. So I'm not a wrestler, a keyboardist or dead. So I'm yeah. not that one. So he's the other one. I'm before. the other one. Yeah. I'm the one with minimal views. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, man. Thanks for coming out. Awesome. It's Hollywood. great to see you in LA. Every time we've hung out, I feel like it's been in not LA. I know. It's been in so not in LA. A pleasure. So now we both live here. I know. We should do things in comedy together. Cool. I'll see you in about a year when we run into each other to Mike. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week. And uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin NASA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A bros one word uh we have some funny videos up so check it out thanks guys